And we're recording. We're back for yet another podcast. This is episode 28. We've almost hit 30 episodes. Who would have thought? I'm Samuel Finlay, aka Sizzle, sitting across from me in Young via Zoom is my co-host. It's me again, guys. Uh, Simon Quinn, also known as Quinny, also known as Sirius Black, also known as the best dressed at our trivia night. I'm just claiming it right now, but you know, we'll see how we go. <laughs> yeah, so Quinny, if anyone there that doesn't know what Quinny's talking about, we actually had a, a Harry Potter trivia night uh, this past weekend. Um, I hosted it at my, my place, my girlfriend and I's place. Um, Quinny came back from young for the weekend. We did the whole thing, dress-ups, um, had a nice little trivia game there. And it was great. I mean, you know, you were, you were dressed well. I'll give you that. You went a serious black, you went all out. You, you, you went as serious straight out of um, Azkaban there. Uh, you even had the long hair. You had his prisoner number sheet um, done as well. You even drew on some tattoos like serious. So you did you did go very well. Uh, I don't know who was best dressed. I mean, like there was some, some real contenders out there. Uh, I thought Tegan was Trelawney. She was spot on. That was pretty good. Uh, Maddie uh, as Bellatrix. Also spot on, uh, you know. I mean, my I thought my outfit was pretty uh, genius. You just I mean, wore pajamas. It's not hard at all. Anybody can do that. Hey, it's not about being hard or not. It's about you know playing the part and playing the part well. I went as Neville Longbottom wearing pajamas. It was good. It did. It made sense. So, like, I'll give you that. It made sense. <laughs> no, so it was it was a good good trivia night um, there. Lot, lots of fun as well. We even had some Harry Potter theme music. Going that on in the epic. background. <laughs> uh, didn't last like, long though. <laughs> you know, it didn't. Well, I mean, you kind of get over it. Like it's like the Harry Potter like theme song basically just looped for like an hour. So after like three minutes or something, we got a little bit over it and had to, had to switch it back to our usual music that we listen to. But uh, oh, well, it happens. Yeah, nonetheless, it, it, it was a great night. And you know, we're going to be talking about Harry Potter in quite some depth today. We've been meaning to do this episode for some time. But before we get into Harry Potter, I think we have to quickly touch on the NFL because it's returning tomorrow. How excited are you? The NFL is back. I'm super excited, Sizzle. As you know, you and me are massive uh, NFL fans. We have been for a long time. We've played Madden for years and years and years. We both love fantasy football. We're both diehard fans of our team, even though you only jumped on board for like, <laughs> the last three seasons. But that's okay. Uh, well, technically the last two seasons when Mahomes actually started. But, you know, for me, I'm a massive Saints fan and I really hope this is their year. They've had a few scrappy... The last three years haven't been great for us in the playoffs. So hopefully this is our year. But, man, I'm keen. I can't wait to watch the game tomorrow. I'm hoping Mahomes has a big game. He's in my fantasy team. I need, I need to start strong with a win. And I just want to clarify, becoming a fan of the Chiefs. Now... I used to be into NFL for however many years, you know, we've known each other for years, you know, when we first started playing Madden back in the day and I was an Eagles fan because I loved Donovan McNabb and then I loved Michael Vick when he joined and I was all Eagles. And then I sort of, when Vick sort of um, went out of the league, I sort of stopped following it for whatever reason. I stopped playing fantasy and I had like a, I think I like a three year break basically where I didn't follow any NFL Maybe even longer than three years. I don't know how, many, how long it was. Didn't follow NFL at all. Um, and I kind of liked NFL for the players rather than the team, you know, going back rather than, you know, some other sports. Um, 
So then when I got back into it, got back into fantasy, I was like, oh, who should I go for? I don't know anyone on the Eagles team. And then the the fantasy uh, season I came back, I drafted a bunch of Chiefs players. So I was like, oh, well, I drafted heaps of Chief play, Chiefs players. I may as well go for them. And that was the year that Mahomes actually had his MVP season and, you know, just out of nowhere became the best quarterback in the league. So, I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I wouldn't say I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. Like, I'm more invested in fantasy. Like, I'd rather win my fantasy matchup and the Chiefs lose than the Chiefs win and lose my fantasy matchup. Yeah, I'm the opposite. <laughs> so, speaking of the NFL, it's coming back. I can't wait. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? I mean, without being, but obviously you're going to say the Saints, I'm looking forward to the Saints winning. But putting the Saints aside, what are you most looking forward to now the season's back for this first week? I think I'm just, to be honest, I think I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, all those young quarterbacks that from the last few seasons that have really started to show up. Like I'm kind of keen to see how Kyler Murray goes this year, see if Lamar Jackson can back up his, like he's the second year as good as his first. I'm also really keen to see, you know, how um, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrows goes. As we know, he was the big um, quarterback in college. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes the season this year. I think just in general, I'm just happy for that. And then obviously, yeah, I'm kind of keen to see how the NFC South matches up. We've now got Drew Brees and Tom Brady both in the same division. So I'm really keen to see those guys go head to head, which would be awesome. But that's about it. Yourself? Yeah. yeah, I think I'm, I'm most keen, and you mentioned it there, most keen to see how Brady goes on a new team because it's going to be so strange watching him play for a team other than the Patriots. Uh, I, I'm super excited to see how he goes. Obviously, he's got a like a very deep receiving core there. Um, Mike Evans, there's been talk that he may be out this first game, which... Um, you know, it's a bit of a shame, but I'm sure Godwin will, will eat. Uh, so yeah, I'm really, beast. yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see how um, Brady, I've also got Brady in my fantasy team. So I invested in him somewhat there as well. So I'm excited to see how he goes and how the, um, how the Bucks do there. I'm also excited on the flip side of that, a, a player that I've really liked for the last um, few years is Cam Newton. And I'm really interested to see how he's going to go uh, playing for the Patriots and filling that role um, that Tom Brady left um, open when, when, when he left there. You know, they've named him the starter. Uh, we obviously know, you know, he's a former MVP. We know what he's capable of. I mean, health is a question whether he's healthy or not. So, um, you know, from all reports, he is 100% healthy. So time will tell. I'm, I'm excited to see how he goes there because uh, I think, you know, it'd be good to have him back in the league after, you know, not having him around last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm just pumped for, for the season to return. Texans versus Chiefs tomorrow. Um, I got my kickers playing in that match. So I would be pumped uh, to see, see that there. And I'm actually going against um, uh, CH. So I'm going to hope that um, it's all Patrick Mahomes and no uh, running back uh, work there for the Chiefs. So we'll see. Nice. Um, but that being said, because we've got a fair bit to get through on the Harry Potter front, we should go straight into that. That's deep dive. Uh, and deep dive. Uh, so if you're a Harry Potter fan, you're going to like this episode. We've been to this for some time. So sorry for the wait if you've been refreshing your feed every week, hoping for a Harry Potter podcast. But we're here. We deliver. And we will we deliver. We what they want. We do. It's what we do. 
on this show. It is what we do. So I think we should start with how we normally start these deep dives, how we both got into Harry Potter. You can begin. Definitely. I'm happy to start us out. So I think for me, uh, the first time I got into Harry Potter was through my grandma who actually bought the first book. So the Philosopher's Stone, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. And she got a copy for my older brother, James. So shout out to JQ. And I just remember he started reading the book in like 1998 when he um, got a copy of it. It came out in 97. So he read it a little bit later, but I just remember him reading that and he really, really enjoyed it. And then it so happened that my mum then decided to read the first Harry Potter book as well. And then I think for me, I was kind of sort of keen, but I was never really much of a big reader when I was like a kid. But I think what really got me into it was probably when the first two movies came out. So I think, and probably like yourself, that was probably the real, the first time I really got a massive, you know, got a really big, uh, idea of what Harry Potter was like. So I remember watching the first movie, which I really, really enjoyed. And I also love fantasy in general. So, you know, I love all that kind of thing about witchcraft, you know, wizards, witches, all that kind of stuff. So I was really into that. And then I ended up, you know, and then the second movie came out the year later. So I ended up watching back to back the first two movies. And then I was a bit older then as well. So I was about 12 or 13 when the second uh, when the second one came out. So I think from there, I then started to read the books. And then it just so happened that I then was pretty much, I read all the books as they came out. So it was kind of like James would read them, mum would read them, then I would read them. So we had a bit of a who would go first. And then I think eventually my mum ended up just buying like two copies of each of the books so we could get through it a lot quicker. So I just remember I spent hours and hours reading the books like on the couch in my bedroom, just living the fantasy dream, just getting hooked on Hogwarts, uh, witches, wizards, Voldemort, Dumbledore, Harry, Ron, Hermione. I just got really invested in those characters. So I think for me, that's how I really got into it. How about yourself? And you're a big audio guy as well, weren't you? I- oh yeah, no, I love the audio book. So shout out to Stephen Fry. Yeah, because I remember when I used to stay at your house, like when we were younger, we used to have you know sleepovers and hang yeah. out. You used to would go to <laughs> go to sleep. I'd be you know sleeping on the the mattress in your room or in the shack, I think. And you yeah, just, Stephen uh, Fry, man, it just gets the job done. The soothing yeah. voice, put all the voices on. You put the CD in. We could kind of just lay in bed. I'd be in bed. You'd be on the mattress on the ground. Would just be you know just listen to the audio books. <laughs> And then I just kept is that, just got us going. Is that something you still do? <laughs> I well, for me, I haven't actually listened to them. Uh, I didn't actually listen to them before bed, but I used to listen to them all the time in the car because I used to have all of them on CD. So yeah, I would listen to all the audio books as I drive to and from work, and if I had longer trips, because it was just always you know when you you know you got to concentrate while you're driving. But I just really enjoyed having something on the background, kind of kept me engaged, and it kind of made the trip seem a bit quicker. And I just remember like doing, you know, because my family's from Melbourne, we used to do so many trips back to Melbourne for Christmas. And my mum would always play the Harry Potter audio books on the drive. So I could sit in the back of the car. I even, I think at some point when I read, re- reread them a few times, I would actually read it and follow along with the audio. So you could kind of read it on the page and then hear the voices and the descriptions. And so I think for me, that was massive when it came to me. Yeah, nice. Well, I, I think I got into them. I mean, Similar sort of story, I guess. I got into it. Uh, I didn't read the books until I watched. So I watched the first movie 
first and only i only really went to it but i didn't really know too much about it it was obviously like the time that it came out uh the movie came out it was hyped up like you know it was it was the thing everyone was re- reading harry potter watching the, the movie and uh you know i went to the movies and watched the movie and loved it of course um so i watched the first movie before reading any of the books um and then after watching yeah after watching that first movie i was like oh this is awesome and i'm very much like you like you know we talk about it all the time on the podcast and you know it's a pop culture podcast for a reason you know because we love it but i i love um sci-fi um uh, you know i love you know all, all types of things in in that world so i hope it was a perfect fit for me um and then after watching that first movie my mum bought me the first book and I read the first book and like loved the book as well. Loved the book even more than the movie. And then, you know, after reading the first book, I went on to start reading the books before the movies. Um, although I think I, I think when it was about, when it got up to, yeah, it would have been, I think the order of the Phoenix. Yeah. The fifth book. Yeah. I, at that point, I was a bit behind on the book. I had finished The Goblet of Fire and I was, hadn't finished. I think I'd only just sort of started up, um, Order, Order of the Phoenix and the movie came out. So then I ended up going back to the movies because I couldn't wait, watched the movies and I ended up finishing all, all the movies. And then I finally went back and finished the books. Um, so I kind of wish that I had have read the books first, but you know, nonetheless, it was it's always good going back and reading. Even now, you know, go back and read the books. I've, I've never done a, a reread. I want to, um, especially because, you know, lately I've been rewatching the movies, um, you know, for that trivia night that we had. So it's been awesome to do that. And I think I'm going to go back and read the books. Now I've got all of them. Um, I'm actually looking at them right now. Um, so, Me too. I bought them a few weeks ago. Yeah, I that's right. Rereading. Yeah. Yeah, well, I haven't, I've only read like the first chapter of okay. the first book. So I haven't read it. I haven't done that much of it. Right. But I recently then bought them all, the box yeah. set. So and it was the last ones I had. So had to be yeah. done. That's right. So it's just one of those things. I mean, you know, you, you just get hooked. It's, it's, um, sorry, my headphones just um, fell out then. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that you get hooked and you, you, you just need more. It's a bit like Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones is, you know, I, I watched the show before reading the books. Now I'm reading the books. And I'm really realizing how much better the books are. Um, so now I'm like really invested in the books. I've almost finished the second one. I'm smashing through them. Um, and like, I just want to keep reading it. So it was a similar sort of thing. Um, and you know, Lord of the Rings, I've never read Lord of the Rings books either. I've read The Hobbit, but that's something I want to also go back and read as well. So, cause the books are always better. I mean, very rarely do you find that a show or a movie is better than, than the books. So yeah, uh, yeah. definitely. Uh, Speaking of like the, because obviously we're comparing books and movies a little bit there. I'm I'm gonna assume I'm not even gonna ask you the question. Obviously, you like the books better than the movies, uh, but which book do you think translates the best in the in its movie? So, I guess which movie to put it another way, which movie captures the book the best? Do you think? Because for me, I mean, I'll go first. Yeah, what do you and think? I um, think Chamber of Secrets, actually. I was going to say Chamber of Secrets yeah, for me and as well. I think, I, find, I think Chamber of Secrets, both the book and the movie, are underrated. I think um, Chamber of Secrets, was, that was one of my... And also, that was the first book I read 
well, the second book I read, but it was the first one I read before watching the movie. Um, obviously, because as I mentioned, I, I watched the movie of the first one before I read the book. So it was, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Um, and I thought it was, yeah, it was just really well done. And I, I thought the movie actually captured it pretty well. I actually watched the movie on my birthday. Uh, I remember I was on a family holiday. We were in like Ulladulla or something. And dad, nice. Up and ill. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to dad. He, he took me to the movies. I think my sister, my eldest sister, Jane, might have come along. And um, yeah, we went and watched it on my birthday. And uh, yeah, so I, I think that probably translated the best. I also, I don't know if you, I think you might've had this video game too, but it was for like computer, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, we used to have that. Yeah, yeah we both we had, had that, that game. Harry Potter game on PlayStation 2. Yeah. I think, and I think I had a computer as well. I, I had it on computer, but <laughs> the only issue was back then when I had it, I had like a pretty crappy computer. So like- It would freeze? It would freeze. You'd get up to like, you'd get halfway through the game and like, I think not even maybe halfway. I think I, I kept getting up to the, the mission where I had to go- I had to drink the Polyjuice potion and go down to the Slytherin common room. And you just like, when you went to the Slytherin common room, you just it'd freeze every time. Yeah. And you'd have yeah. to start all over again. Cause for yeah. whatever reason, then when it froze, it just like deleted your saved game. Anyway, brutal. I kind of want to go back and finish that game now. Just because. Yeah. Maybe your new, maybe the new computers could handle it. Maybe the graphics were just too good. <laughs> I would hope so. For the, but yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, I think I agree. I think the chamber of secrets for me booked a movie it's pretty on point and I don't think, and the good thing about the second one, because it's obviously not a heaps long book, they don't actually, you don't actually miss too much. They pretty much cover most of the key plots, plot points. So for me, I think out of all of them, Chamber of Secrets is probably the best book to movie one. Yeah. So I guess we may as well go through our favorites as well. So what's your favorite book and what's your favorite movie and why? So this one's easy for me. Uh, my favorite book, hands down, is Harry Potter and the Half-Blooded Prince, the sixth book in the series. I've spoken to you about this several times. Um, I love it. And then it just kills me. It grinds my gears. The film was just so bad. Like they didn't portray it well at all. And it just killed me. It just ruined it for me. But in regards to the actual novel itself, I absolutely loved it. I love how it starts and how you think the whole time Snape's the bad guy. You don't, he's kind of, he gets the very first chapter. It's like one of the only books where it doesn't start with Harry. It starts with Snape, with Bellatrix and Narcissa Malfoy discussing how they need to help Malfoy on his job to kill Dumbledore. So for me, I love the Half-Blood Prince. I also like the introduction of Professor Slughorn. I think he's a funny character. And the best thing about this book is obviously the origin story that you get from Tom Riddle, AKA my guy, Tom, Tom Riddle, AKA Lord Voldemort. You get his whole backstory. So you get how, where he came from, what he did, why he was at Hogwarts and what he did after Hogwarts. So you kind of get his story of how he wanted to get immortality and to beat death and stuff like that. So for me, I love it. You see pretty much all the flashbacks of Voldemort going back stealing all the sacred items to start building on his horcruxes and then that whole movie the whole novel is like you find out what a horcrux is right at the end and then i love the bit at the end when they go when harry goes with dumbledore to the cave and all that that whole that scene in the book gives me chills every single time every time i read it chills and then like the end man spoiler alert even though everybody's surely seen this snape ends up killing he obviously does avada kedavra on 
Dumbledore and kills him. But as you know, you don't realize until the seventh book it was actually planned the whole time. But I remember when I first read, I was like, what just happened? I'm like, no, I'm like, I would not have Snape. Who would have thought like he was going to do that? So I think for me, hands down, the sixth is my favorite book. Favorite movie though. This is hard. I find this one really hard because there are some films that I really like and there's some that I just don't like at all. I think for me, apart from like the terrible hairstyles, I really like <laughs> the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, those are like terrible of Fire. hairstyles. Terrible hairstyles, like really terrible. Like they all got heaps of long hair. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on with Fred and George. Their hair's just outrageous. But I think I think for me, I really liked the Goblet of Fire film. Especially the last scene where you get the graveyard scene and you get Voldemort's rebirth. I think they portrayed that really well from like book to movie. So I think for me, it's probably the Goblet of Fire. It's probably my favorite movie. But it's tough. But for me, they're probably that's probably my favorite movie. How about yourself? Uh, I think my favorite book is it's a pretty close tie, I reckon. Um, I couldn't really decide between the two because I loved both of them. But so Half-Blood Prince for all the reasons you quality said as well. And another book that I really loved was um, The Goblet of Fire. Um, that was one that I thought was so cool because you get to see, it was the first time that you saw like something happen really different at Hogwarts, like because they had the Triwizard Tournament. So you got to see different schools were included. The Quidditch World Cup, like it starts with the Quidditch World Cup. Like that was awesome because Quidditch was like one of those things that I loved reading about in the books. And that's something that I think the movies didn't do well enough. I don't think they... Yeah, Quidditch doesn't get enough love in the films. I don't think there's enough love. And even, and that's one thing that I hated about the Goblet of Fire movie is they just brushed over the the world cup there. I mean, obviously, you know, you get the dark mark, you get the main bit, but you miss like the actual, when they're watching us, Victor crumb. So yeah, yeah. give us a bit of the game, like, come yeah. on. Um, so I loved that book so much. Like it was so cool. Um, obviously we introduced to Cedric as well at the start there. And then, you know, we obviously know what happens to him at the end. Yeah. Uh, and that's when Voldemort first properly comes back. So I love that book. It's probably my favorite book. You know, I mentioned their Half-Blood Prince. I love that book too, for all the reasons you mentioned. But I think my favorite book is The Goblet of Fire. Um, also a great movie. Like I think the movie was good. You mentioned it there. Uh, movie was really cool, but I didn't like that they didn't spend enough time. Um, with the World Cup. With the World Cup. Like I thought that was just disappointing. And one of the most outrageous scenes in the whole of Harry Potter is when Dumbledore after Harry's name gets pulled, <laughs> after Harry's name, it's like I mean, like I said, it was tough. Like there's some, yeah, keep going. Harry's name gets pulled out of the goblet of fire, or comes out of the goblet of fire. Moments after, when Harry's waiting in the in the chambers with uh, the other contestants that have, have their names have been pulled as well, Dumbledore just sprints over to Harry, <laughs> aggressively grabs him by the throat. Yeah, I, hey, I had. Did it, you I, put your name in the goblet of fire? Did you put your name in the goblet of fire? Like yeah. that doesn't happen in the book at all. Like, nah. and then like, we spoke about this in the trivia night. Actually, the fact that like Harry and Dumbledore's relationship supposed to be like kind of like oh. you know loving, sort of like he's like the father figure before Sirius shows up. So it was just so strange that the guy that portrayed Dumbledore <laughs> did it that way. And they always talk about it on the podcast um, binge mode, Harry Potter. Shout out to those guys. But yeah, I know what you mean. And like you said. It's tough for me, but I, yeah, I think the Goblet of Fire is probably 
one of the probably the movie I like the most out of all of them. Yeah, uh, the the movie for me that I like the most is The Order of Phoenix. I love oh, that nice. movie. Um, I thought it was really cool. Like, obviously, the book is I think one that you didn't like, or did you? Is that a book that you did like or didn't like? I like The Order of Phoenix compared like to. Compared to the Half-Blood Prince, though, Half-Blood Prince yeah, is my yeah. favorite. So, yeah, so I, I thought the Order of Phoenix movie was really good. I recently just watched that, like, um, over the weekend. I forgot how good it was. Uh, I like you get to see Sirius for the first time, like, actually be more of a human, whereas, like, in that first movie... The third one, yeah. They don't do a really good job of... They don't spend much time with Sirius after you find out that, no, he's actually... The uh, God, yeah, Harry's godfather. And he actually and doesn't kill his parents. Yeah. yeah, doesn't want to kill Harry. Um, you know. Yeah. So uh, I think that was really cool. You get to, obviously you get to see that relationship form. Definitely. Um, and then I think it's really cool because, you know, you get Dumbledore's army. I think that's so cool. And you get to see some other characters come into it that are pretty important. Like um, you get to see obviously Neville Longbottom. He has a plays a bit more of a role in that. Luna movie. Lovegood. Luna Lovegood. Even Fred and George, like they play an awesome role in that movie. They you know decide that school's not for them. Um, Professor Umbridge is pretty hectic. She's a yeah, good character, and she's a great character. She's annoying, and obviously you hate her, but she's a good character. And her uh, portrayals done well as well. So she's yeah. one of the better castings that they've made. And then I think you get some of the best um, battle. You get Dumbledore versus Voldemort. The battle of in the Ministry of Magic. And I think yeah. I think they did that pretty well in the movie. Like that was pretty cool. Uh, and obviously, you get to see some Death Eaters go at it against the Order as well. There. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I really liked that, that movie. So that's probably my favorite movie. And yeah, my favorite book was, as I mentioned, um, Goblet of Fire. Yeah, nice. Closely by Half Blood Prince. What about um, least favorite book and movie? If you had to pick, well, movie, movies a bit easier, so maybe start. Yeah, there. I think for movie, for me, my least favorite, like I said before, is the Half Blood Prince. Yeah, it's like my favorite book, and they just muffed it. Yeah, like this, I'll just give you a few things that I don't like about it. The very first, like that scene where Harry's like in a diner, like trying to go on a date with the random chick that works in the cafe, that does not happen at all in the book. For some reason, they just have to start it there. Yeah, and then Dumbledore just shows up at the train station. So I don't know what happened there. Didn't like that scene. Another part you don't see any Quidditch. Yeah, really in it at all. Um, another thing I didn't like about it: the whole they go back to the burrow for some reason, and then it turns into like a massive battle scene, and they're like yeah. dam- they're like destroying the burrow. Well, the like, burrow is the burrow gets toasted. I'm like, what's that? That doesn't happen at all in the book. There was just so, and then. The thing that really grinds my gears, I think you get literally two flashback scenes in the whole movie. And the whole point of the sixth book is it gives you the origin story of Lord Voldemort. And you get, there's probably at least another four or five other scenes that they don't Mm. even show in the film. Yeah. Which I just didn't like. Uh, Another thing I didn't really like, the whole Harry and Ginny relationship. I just think they kind of rushed through that because in the book it develops a lot more. And then you don't really get much in the film. And then they're just randomly in the room of requirement together. Mm. It's like, oh, help me do this. Uh, it's like, no, give me a spell, Harry. But for me, definitely my least favorite movie is Half-Blood Prince. 
Novel's hard. I don't know. The novel's really hard. Yeah. I really enjoyed all the books. Yeah. I mean, maybe we don't give a least favorite. I don't know if because, I can really give yeah. a least favorite book because I really I mean, even, so much. Even I, like, I didn't even have anything written down. I was going to say maybe the first one only because, like, I didn't really, like, I wasn't as invested or as excited. Yeah, but that's then again, what I, I love reading. Still, so, that's what I mean. So yeah. I think for me, it's hard for me to say anything about the books because I really like the books. But well, I think for me, movie. We'll yeah, we'll scrap the least favorite books then. Um, my least yeah. favorite movie, and a lot of people like this movie, but I didn't like it. It was um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Like, we get a change of Dumbledore. Dumbledore, the, the actor changes, who I much prefer the first Dumbledore there. Except the guy um, passed away, so it was a bit hard. But I yeah. know. Yeah, no, and like, it's understandable, but yeah, completely but different Dumbledore. A, yeah. Should have got uh, someone else to play him. The castle and the layout of Elkin, castle yeah. is completely changed. Like Hagrid's hut goes from being on a flat surface to all of a sudden it's on a hill. For one, like that yeah. just rattles me. And they focus on this the clock tower, like throughout the movie. It's just like this constant scene, like that keeps getting brought up. Brought up. Every like change of. Uh, you know, seeing the not every change of scene, but it just happens so frequently. The, like the courtyard, yeah, like the main yeah, the court, like, and the bridge as well. The the bridge, the bridge yeah. that they're on. So, I just yeah, I mean, I loved the book. The book was great. Isn't Raskin? It's a heaps good book it's as a well. Great, great book, but yeah, and I, I don't think you got enough time with Sirius. I think they they rushed the ending. Um, so yeah, I I didn't love uh, that that movie, but the book is great. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Uh, what about after Harry Potter? Like, we'll get into our awards in a moment there. But like, what did you think of? Obviously, we've got Fantastic Beasts one and two there, um, and this, the the plays as well. And you've got the Cursed Child. How invested in those are you? Um. So I think for me, I I read the Cursed Child because you know it was you know it was the next. It was kind of like not the main saga, but like the next chapter. And I know it's based on the play and I really want to see that play. I kind of liked it because you kind of get a bit of a bit of a future look at, you know, what's happened to Harry mm. and you get introduced to all these new characters and then how they've like go back in time to try and change it. And then, and then like Voldemort's got a kid in it and stuff. So like Voldemort almost comes back and then it's, I kind of liked it. Like it was a bit different. I enjoyed it. Like I said, I definitely bought a copy of it. So when it came mm-hmm. out, I definitely um, read it. I just didn't like like Harry and it's like a bit of a jerk, but you don't get much of Harry in the story. It focuses more so on Albus as he goes to Hogwarts and he's in, in Slytherin. So he's seen as like the outcast because his, his father was so famous and he was in Gryffindor, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't mind it. Like I liked it. I liked how they kind of, it's like they try and change reality, go back in time to change it, like the alternative rea- like timeline, stuff like that. I kind of enjoy that sort of thing. But I wasn't super invested in it. But I did read it. I want to see the play eventually if Melbourne ever lets us go back there again. It'd be nice to see it. Uh, and then, yeah, the Fantastic Beasts films, like, yeah, they're all right. But I think the first one was good. I didn't really like the second one. I remember me and you, yourself, uh, myself, ugh, you and me saw it and we went at like 9 p.m. And I think that was a bad <laughs> idea because I think halfway through it, I think you fell asleep. I did. I was sitting there trying to keep you awake and it just kind of went on and on and Dude, on. Yeah. And there was just too many different stories happening, like different characters getting like some 
too much screen time. I didn't mind how you saw like Grindelwald and then you saw a bit of young Elvis Dumbledore, but I wasn't really sold. I'm not really that invested in those um, stories. How about yourself? Yeah, much the same. I mean, like it's always going to be hard to, um, you know, do something after uh, Harry Potter and how like, you know, impactful that was and how well the books were done um, and the movies were done pretty well as well there. So it was always going to be difficult. I mean, you kind of got to look at them as, as something completely different. Like I kind of don't, and I wasn't even going to bring this up, yeah. like, because they're, it's almost like a different entity altogether. Um, so yeah, I think it's, you got to sort of look at it in a different, um, with a different sort of uh, viewpoint and because it is something that's very, you know, obviously you've got, a, you know, the storyline continues or, um, you know, and Fantastic Beasts it's prior to, but yeah, I think it's okay. Like it's good. I'm always happy to have more content, I guess. I'm the type of guy that like, I like more content. So anything that's, you know, related to Harry Potter, I'm going to watch. Um, despite falling asleep there, <laughs> fantastic piece. Uh, but yeah, I think you just got to look at it with different. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, all right. Well, I think it's that time where we should go into give out some awards like we have done before in these deep dives. So we'll treat it like the NBA or like um, many sports do. And we'll give uh, most improved sixth man, coach of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, and then we'll give our vote. Uh, so. Let's kick things off with most improved. Who do you have as your most improved? Oh, this is hard. I don't know. This is well, hard. I'll fire then. I'll you, fire. You go first because this for me, I think, is between two people. Uh, you go first. My most improved was the man I went as on Saturday night, and that's Neville Longbottom. He, for me, his character development throughout um, is awesome. Like he goes from, you know, the first movie being this scared, um, nervous, uh, forgetful, you know, he's given the rememberable um, little boy, at, you know, at the beginning, obviously, you know, he has a really powerful scene towards the end of the movie where he tries to stop Harry, Ron and Hermione um, because he doesn't want to lose more points for Gryffindor there. And then, that's in turn. I won't let you. <laughs> but that's in turn how they they um, end up winning the House Cup there. Uh, but I think you know. Then you you fast track to the last movie where you know he takes out Nagini, like stepping up. He steps up, like, and you see growth throughout every movie. Like, you know, he, he becomes um, an important character in the Goblet of Fire, where you know he gives. Harry the Gillyweed. Obviously, like we know that Mad Moody is is behind that, but you know he's got this this knowledge of um, herbology. Uh, and then you know uh, the movie, the next movie there, um, Order of the Phoenix. He's one of the um, figures within Dumbledore's army. Um, so I think he's someone who really grows um, throughout. Uh, so I don't know. Do you want to give out a different award, or are you gonna? I'm going to pick someone else, but he was Neville was one of the ones I thought of. I'm just going to do this. Most improved for me, I'm going, I'm going books and I guess the movies as well. Severus Snape. Oh, uh, yeah, nice. So pretty much, obviously, throughout the books, throughout the movies, at the start, he's, I just don't like him. I just think he's the worst. He's a massive jerk. Just hates on Harry all the time. Always tries to get him in trouble. Just has absolutely no time for him. And then the whole time you just think he's really sus. You can never know if you can trust him. 
you always think he's up to something. And then the big reveal, even like, and then the whole idea that he was the half-blood, the half-blood prince. So he has serious game. And then in the seventh book, you get the whole reveal that he was on their side the whole time. And he's actually done all this stuff behind the scenes to get Harry where he needs to be, always trying to protect him and all that kind of stuff. So I think for me, most improved, I'm giving it to Severus Snape. Nice. I like it. Hey, that's a, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not mad at that at all. I think that's a pretty good pick too. Um, so, yeah, I agree with everything you said there. I'm not going to add any more to that uh, or, or I'm not going to argue it. All right. Um, so most improved, we've given that one out. Congratulations to both recipients. Um, moving on, sixth man. So I'll go first again here. And I'm actually going to give this to two people. And I feel like this, this is the only time I can give it to two people. And I think the six man and six man, I guess is kind of like when we're looking like in a movie or, or a, book. Term, yeah. a book is someone who maybe isn't a main character and, but yet makes the most of their time involved in the story. So makes the most of their screen time if it's a movie um, or makes the most of, of their time when they're mentioned in a book. Yeah. And that for me goes to Fred and George Weasley. I think they are the perfect six man because they do just that. Like every time they're on the screen in the movies, it's gold. Like they're just perfect. And the actors that play, those twins that play Fred and George in the movie, perfectly represent how they um, are portrayed in the books, I think. I think they're, they're probably the best portrayal out of anyone. Um, obviously, there's two of them. Uh, so, and in the books, much the same. So, yeah, I think Fred and George there, you know, like they've got so many great moments. Um, obviously, I mentioned it earlier in the Order of the Phoenix, you know, they, they go wild with um, their uh, fireworks uh, and they, you know, realize school's not their thing. Then later, you know, they start a business together and obviously figure out they're really good, you know, with practical, with jokes and all sorts of things like that. They have a jokes store, uh, kind of the only, the only store that really remains in uh, Diagon Alley there. Uh, yeah, Weasley's Wizard Weasers. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're awesome at Quidditch as well. Like they're perfect beaters. Uh, they're great there as well. Good beaters. So yeah. I think they gave Harry the Marauders map. Gave Harry the Marauders map, which is you know pretty big piece in the story. Um, you know, continues to be a big piece there as well. Uh, so yeah, I think they're and they're funny as well. Like it's always good when you've got someone who adds uh, a bit of um, comedy to a story. So. Fred and George Weasley, they're my sixth men. Yeah, you know what? You pick two. I'm going to go six men too. I'm going to pick two people as well. So these two people for me, uh, when they're on screen, when they're in the books, they come up strong. They come up in the clutch. They're there. They take their moments when they're needed. I'm going Remus Lupin, Sirius Black. They're my six men. Lupin, obviously, as that guide, as the teacher of Harry in the third book, teaches him how to do... Expect a Patronum. And he, get, and he creates that whole... He, My dad he, will come. Yeah, he gets his whole... In, he helps Harry go over the Dementors. He helps him grow, helps him develop. Mm. And then Sirius is always there. Like he, in the same book, he's always mentioned. And then they finally come together. And then the third, the fourth, and the fifth book and the movies with yeah. Sirius and Lupin are in it. They're always got Harry's back. In the fifth book fifth movie when he go he's worried about how his dad was a jerk and he speaks to Sirius and Lupin mm. about it and they console him, they talk to him about it. They're there for him. And then dare I say it, 
Harry's about to accept death in the seventh book, seventh film, turns to stone. Who shows up? Lupin and Sirius coming in the clutch. Six men, big. Six men like Lou Will. Buckets. <laughs> all right. Uh, I like that. I'm not going to argue with that, that either. Uh, all right. Do you want to do coach of the year or rookie of the year first? Ooh, I'm going to say rookie of the year. All right. Uh, do you want to go first? I'll time? go first. Yeah. So for me, rookie of the year, again, comes in out of nowhere. Love her. She's awesome in the books, awesome in the movies. Luna Lovegood. Looney Luna. Get her in there. Ravenclaw. Helps Harry on the way too. Helps him figure out where the diadem is. Talks about it with him. I reckon Luna's amazing. She's awesome. Great. She's my rookie of the year. Because she comes on in the fifth book when, you know, Harry's all depressed and like heaps emotional. He's seen like the skeleton horses and stuff like that. And Luna's always there as that kind of artsy-fartsy kind of funny sort of humorous person. And he takes her to the, takes, takes her to Slughorn's party in the sixth book and the sixth movie. I'm going Luna. That's my rookie of the year. Yeah, I actually had Luna as well. So the first one we've agreed on there, I had Luna written down. Another person that I was almost going to mention for this was Dobby because I feel like Chamber of Secrets, you first introduced, he comes in with a bang. Like from the start of the movie, you know, he's a great character, of course. He has a lot of um, screen time and a lot of uh, time in the books as well. And he's a pretty pivotal character going forward there. But I think Harry from the... From the, out, from the basement, gets them out of there. That's right. Although that being said, I think if we're talking Rookie of the Year, it's purely their first, um, you know, the, the, the first time they're uh, involved. And I think that's Luna who comes through um, the most there. And I actually reckon, I reckon Harry should have got with Luna rather than... Ginny. Ginny. Just throwing it out there. Fair enough. I think it would have made more sense. Just Why do you think it would there. make more sense? Well, I just think they have that connection. Um, that you see in the Order of Phoenix, like they've yep. seen death before. Um, you know, they hold hands in that that uh, movie uh, there, um, if I'm correct. And like you said, Harry takes her to Slughorn's party. Uh, they have this connection. I don't know. I just feel like uh, Harry getting with Ginny was just too predictable and too easy. Yeah, it's but I think like, also yeah, but you got to think because I think for Luna, she's they set her up with Neville. They do, they do, but which I kind of like. I think they suit. I like that those, too. But I understand. I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I understand that too, and that that also makes sense. To be fair, like that does. Yeah. make I'm not mad at that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I just think it would have been like a little bit different, and like it would have been not so yeah. predictable. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Uh yeah. So I'm gonna agree with you on that. Luna Love God gets out. Luna. All right, uh, coach of the year. So, ooh, okay. The, like, this is, I don't know. I feel like this might be obvious for me, but this, this one's obvious for me as well. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we might have the same person here, but for me, it's Severus Snape. Uh, and I'm going coach of the year. For I'm Snape. going coach of the year. And this is why. I mean, Snape is the, the perfect coach, really. I mean, you could give it to Dumbledore. Like, he's a pretty easy, that's what I was going to say. Easy but... answer. But I was sort of thinking, a little bit uh, differently there. Um, and I feel like Snape actually coaches Harry and not only Harry, but I feel like he, he just doesn't realize it. He does. Yeah, yeah. Throughout the whole series without realizing it, you know, um, sort of subconsciously he is there throughout. I mean, Dumbledore, yes and no, but he sort of goes missing at times. I feel 
Um, I, I almost thought about Lupin because of the Patronus, like yeah. which is obviously again he would be another choice that I would think about because I, I mentioned him as sixth man. I can't know if I can put him in both. Yeah, I think they're like probably three people you could give it to. But yeah, I reckon Snape. Like he um he and he takes one for the team by killing Dumbledore. Like mm. so yeah, and he also takes one for the team not only for for I guess Harry but throughout the whole storyline but takes one for draco like very true what happens if draco kills dumbledore like how does the story evolve from there you know yeah. so yeah and so I, snape had his back yeah I like and, it. and i think oh. without snape they struggle because you know he he plays this um character who's on both sides and because of that he really helps infiltrate the death eaters and gets all the information that, um, you know, the order needs. So mm. I'm going to go, you know, a little bit, um, left field and go, um, Severus Snape, the coach of the year. All right. You're going Dumbledore then I'm assuming. I don't know. I have, I have the case for two people and I want you to try and help me make. All right. So make right the case and, and I'll let you know. So I think for me, I know we're talking like coach of the year. I'm saying Hermione Granger. I'm chucking Ooh. her in there. Hermione Granger, every single book, every film, she is literally the teacher of the two of Harry and Ron. She is there all the time coaching them through their, like their developments in the wizarding world. So Hermione's always there, no matter what, doing all the research, you know. And Guardian Leviosa. Leviosa. You know, <laughs> just always there in the clutch. She's there teaching away, giving them the notes, helping them with their essays, pretty much. Her idea was she was the one that introduced the whole idea of the Dumbledore's army. So that's one side I'm thinking. Hermione Granger, I consider her a coach of the year candidate every single year. And then even like in the pretty much she can apparate before everybody. She can do all the spells before everybody. She does all the potions like on point besides when Harry has obviously the potions book to help him. That's the only time where Hermione doesn't dominate everything. And then just even in like, you know, the seventh movies, who's the one doing all the spells to protect them from all the Death Eaters? Who's the one doing all the stuff to stop them from getting tracked? Who's packed everything? So I'm saying Hermione's, I'm pushing Hermione. But then you've also got obviously Dumbledore. Yes, I know it's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's true. Is he not there? Is he not the best coach of all time? I don't know. Is he not the GOAT when it comes to coaching? But. They're my two cases. I don't know. I'm thinking Hermione. I'm going to say Hermione because I think she's awesome. But can you make a choice for me? I'm going to, after you making that very strong case for Hermione, I'm going to say Hermione there. I think uh, Hermione's my coach of the year. I didn't, even, I didn't even think of her. Now that you make that, that case, you know what? I'm thinking like I'd probably change mine. from. I'm going to keep it, but yeah. I reckon that's a pretty strong case. I'm going to go. I mean, like you said, Dumbledore's the easy option there but he's pretty much the goat he is but, but is, he, is he i mean this guy might be controversial but like he's supposed to be you know this the most powerful wizard that ever lived yet he is though is he like why couldn't he take out voldemort you know when voldemort returned like I don't know. I just feel like Dumbledore was always like he wanted to see the best in people, and he didn't want to kill. He never wanted to kill people for the sake know, of killing I know. them. I he just, had like that moral compass where it was like, I will try to avoid everything but death. Yeah, I know. I yeah. 
But yeah, anyway, anyway, so I'm saying Hermione is my coach of the year then. Okay, I like that. And we go into MVP now. Yeah. And you've made the case for who I was going to have as MVP. And I had Hermione Granger as MVP because of all the reasons you had your MVP. She's my MVP. I mean, like, of course, Harry Potter, like you give it to him, but I don't think he's the most valuable player. I mean, sure, he comes through in the end and, you know, sure, he, um, you know, makes a bold statement even before he's, um, you know, more than a, than a baby. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's Hermione for me because she is the, the best wizard, like, um, other than maybe, you know, for her age at least, um, you know, and that's mentioned throughout. You really are the best wizard for your age. You know, she has all the, she knows all the spells before she's even been taught them. Uh, you know, without her, where do they end up? You know, like the first movie, she's crucial in getting them through the challenges, the challenges, you know, uh, second movie figures out the snake figures out the snake you know polyjuice potion she's crucial with that mm. uh you know she just comes up every movie so and she she keeps the the three of them together because there's so many times throughout that ron and harry clash and she's always there so she's the one in the middle yeah um, hey, i totally hermione mvp i can't like i would i can't give it to her i gave her the coach of the year i know i know that's that's hard because it's tough I'm even thinking MVP. I think I feel like Snape could be the most valuable player because he comes out of nowhere and the whole time mm. he is very valuable. He's on both sides. He's working with the Death Eaters and Voldemort. He's also working with yeah. the Order of the Phoenix. MVP, most valuable player. I know it's annoying. I know it's hard, Don't but you have to, to do it. Don't give it to Harry. It's either Harry. It has to be Harry or it has to be Dumbledore then. For I'd my rather case. give it to Dumbledore than Harry. Well, you know what? Yes, Harry is crucial. Harry is, you know, he is, you know, the most, he is the chosen one in the story. I'm going to be controversial. I'm saying Dumbledore's the MVP. I prefer that. <laughs> He's the one that Voldemort always was scared of. He was the one that Voldemort would never go face to face unless he really needed to. Always trying to be sneaky to try also, and get rid of him. If, if he doesn't turn up in the ministry when Voldemort's there, Harry's, Harry's done. Harry's finished. They're all finished. If he doesn't show up and then, you know, put him, take him to the, you know, the Dursleys, Harry's in all sorts. If he doesn't, you know, think of all the ideas of using, you know, Sirius's house and, you know, the secret keeper and all that kind of stuff. So I think for me, for the sake of this, I'm going to say it's Albus Dumbledore. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that too. Apart from, <laughs> yeah, that's a, a wild scene. But yeah. Even though I do like Harry, but yes, Hermione and Albus, I'll take that. All right. Uh, now, I mean, this is what everyone's really listening for. It's our woke. Worst of all time. And oh, I'm, this is hard. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say it just like this. <clears throat> Who are you saying? I'm half and half. It's Seamus Finnegan, man. Seamus, you reckon? It's Seamus Finnegan. He is the worst of all time. I mean, first of all, he blows himself up countless times <laughs> throughout. Grills uh, Harry in the fifth novel. He grills Harry for no reason. Um, and really, like, you've got no grounds to grill Harry. Like, who are you, for one? I don't even really like Harry. Harry's probably one of my least favorite characters. I know, like, you know, he's one of the main characters there, but I don't even really like Harry that much. And still, I was like, Seamus, you're out of line. Like, what are you doing? So for me, he's, he's, I mean, there's a, there's many 
characters that could be, you know, Crab and Goyle, they're right up there. Um, um, Petunia, Bernie, uh, uh, Dursley, uh, Dursley. The Dursleys, like they're, they're up there. They're auntie, like... It's oh, Aunt Marge, auntie. man. She's Aunt, worse. Aunt Marge, like she's she straight. Was pushed, I had, mine was between two people and she was one of them. So she's right up there. But for me, it's... um. I'm over enough. My mother, that's wish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's your white. That's yours. Oh, I got two in mind. I had Aunt Marge as one, but then I just thought about him. He's the worst by far. He's the reason it all started. Peter Pettigrew sucks. Completely sucks. He's yeah, the worst. That's good. He's the one that gives up Harry's parents, who then Voldemort then goes and kills them. He's the one that was supposedly the secret keeper. He is the worst. And then he goes into hiding. He frames Sirius. Sirius goes to Azkaban for 12 years. 12 years! 12 years! I was born in Azkaban! I did my waiting! 12 years! Uh, Peter Pettigrew, Wormtail, the worst, becomes a rat. And he's like, it's really weird. He's like, Ron's rat. And he like sleeps in Ron's bed and stuff. That's really <laughs> weird. And then he just pops up like when, like, he just doesn't need, he just creeps him out. He's really freaky looking. <laughs> gives me the shrieks and I just don't, I just don't like him and then he helps Voldemort come back to power he cuts his hand off to bring him back so for me it's Peter, Bedi- uh, Peter Pettigrew and even Voldemort doesn't like him yeah, uh, Snape just hates him too Snape's like stop being nosy Wormtail and like sh- sh- slams the door in his face so I think for me the vote has to be yeah. Pettigrew. That's a good one, especially when you put it that way and you say, Master. even Voldemort doesn't like him. Like that's that sums it up right there. The, he brings Voldemort back to life, and Voldemort's like, nah, I don't want to borrow you. Like, give me a hand, and then he and then he makes him that hectic hand that ends up killing him anyway. Yeah. Right. Oh man, Wormtail, Wart. Yeah. Complete I, Wart. I like that. But you know, Barty Crouch Jr. I almost thought about throwing in he's, there. I don't think he's a world. I think he's an interesting character though. I think he was an interesting character in the just, books. Just purely because oh, of the, the tongue thing? Oh, yeah. Well, that's in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that so. was weird. But, I mean, Pettigrew's a rat and he sleeps in the bed of Ron. That's <laughs> <laughs> That is. He's, he's, I'm changing my defeat of Pettigrew. No, nah, you can't change it now. <laughs> no, you can. You can. You can. It's raw. All right. Um, that's all right. Well, that's our uh, awards. Now, do we have enough time for a... Uh, a quick draft, or do you have to go? Pass. Why don't we save it then for our start right. of our next pod? We'll kind of do a bit of recap on fantasy week yes. one, and then we'll talk about our starting five. All right, done. That's, All right. This is our raw we are. We just make decisions while we're yeah. podcasting. I love it. Uh, oh, well, oh, 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 <laughs> uh, follow us on uh, all the all the platforms there, um, Instagram. Uh, I'm at Samuel Finlay. You are at S. S Quinny 91, don't you forget it. Woo woo. Uh, Sizzle and Quinny is our uh, collective handle there for the podcast. Uh, send us a question if you want us to talk about anything, just slide into our DMs. As always, tell your mother, your brother, your sister, your cousin, tell Harry, tell Ron. Grandparents, tell, tell all the muggles, tell the squibs. Just don't tell Wormtail. Half floods. Um, not the woke, he's the worst. <laughs> don't tell the woke. Not Peter. Uh, we'll be back with another episode next week. Um, as we creep up to 30 episodes, we've got to do something for the 30th, something, um, something wild. Uh, oh, 30, I'm coming back for the 30th. has to be done. Oh, definitely. Um, we'll be seeing you next time. Well, we won't be seeing you. We'll be talking to you. Avada Kedavra. Mug, mug. Dad, we.
Arm, arm, arm. 